welcome to Overcoming, the podcast to support you in your healing, growth, and overcoming journey. My name is Taylor, I am your host, and I'm here to support you through tools, resources, and also shared lived experiences to inspire you to take back your life regardless of life's messiness. I am also a doctor of occupational therapy, certified trauma professional, and survivor who's been healing for years to remind you that anything is possible. Before we get started, I want to remind you that there is a trigger warning present throughout this entire podcast just due to the heavy nature of trauma and also shared stories from our guests. Additionally, this is for educational purposes only. Make sure that you are checking out and going to see your medical providers and psychology professionals for individualized advice. Again, take care of yourself. If you need crisis resources, they are on my website. You can also contact the emergency services. And now that all of that is out of the way, I invite you to take some deep breaths, ground yourself, and join me in this overcoming journey. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Overcoming the Podcast. As you know, I am your host, Taylor, and I am a little bit extra excited today because this episode is coming out on my birthday, which is funny because I'm definitely recording it before my birthday. And I chose someone who just embodies everything that I love. We're going extra spiritual today and we're just, we're swapping stories and I'm excited. So I have Amber with me. She and I connected on Instagram, found out our shared love of all things spiritual, um, especially crystals. And it was just been really fun to swap stories and support each other. And so I asked her if she wanted to join and she did. So I'm going to turn it over to her to introduce herself and then we'll get going. Do you want to say hi to everyone? Yeah. So hi, I'm Amber. Um, I am a survivor of trauma and I have a crystal shop. (laughs) So we connected on Instagram, like via my crystal shop, because it has a lot of like, I talk about healing. I talk about trauma Mm-hmm. And I talk about that in relation to crystals and stuff. So I, I like to kind of talk about it all. Which I love. And like, you know, just showing this like human perspective, like, hey, this is how we use this tool, right? And a lot of what we do here is talking about different tools. So we'll definitely dive deeper into crystals and you can share your expertise with that too. So <laughs> I am, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I, I chose this episode specifically because I wanted something that I absolutely love on my birthday to come out. And I am just very excited that you are here with me. So thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Okay. So in the theme of the podcast, one of the things that we talk about is overcoming. So for you, Amber, what has been overcoming in your life? Like, give me an example or share your story, whatever you feel comfortable with. Um, Well, I mean, there's just been a lot of like, I don't know, repeated traumatic events just kind of toppling on top of each other. Like even, you know, through my childhood, young adult, teenager, like everything kind of just Mm -hmm. like, so I don't know. I feel like in a way, like I haven't ever really gotten a break, you know, like it's just been like consistent, like boom, 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 boom. Mm -hmm. And while like, I guess some of the events 
weren't like I guess your typical like trauma like someone attacked you or beat you up or something like that or mm-hmm. um you know it still hurts in a way and I guess yeah. kind of realizing that's been something I guess that I've been overcoming is realizing after the fact that something was a traumatic event even though I didn't think it was a traumatic event because I was relating it to something like an assault yeah you know you know what I mean like absolutely like, I don't know, just thinking back on things that were like, you know, emotional abuse, like verbal abuse and relationships and just things like that. And thinking, well, that's not, you know, trauma, mm-hmm. that. but you know, then realizing later in line, well, like I really got the short end of the stick because I got the like physical trauma and that like, damn. So that's been a lot yes. for me that I don't know if you could follow that, but no, I do. And I resonate with that so much. And I think there are a lot of people out here listening that do as well is that, you know, what you're talking about is the concept of like big T versus little T trauma, which they would call scientific little T is essentially it's little. I think the way they describe is in terms of like little events that happen, but it doesn't mean that it had a little significance. Okay. So like a small thing. So thinking, so not like those, like things that you would see on dateline, for instance, but something small, like your emotional needs not being met, you're getting bullied, right? So maybe that happening one time may not have a traumatic impact, but when those things add up and they pile on and kind of what you were talking about, they can have the same impact as a big one, if not more, depending on the person. So emotional stuff, physical stuff, you know, all of that plays into trauma. And I say this all the time that trauma is as individual as a person is right. And so it's trauma or not based on our body and our experiences and our supports and how our brain processes it. So, you know, I resonate with you too. And you were like, said that you didn't realize until afterwards that some things were traumatic. Absolutely. And, you know, there are many people even now who are dealing with things and may have physical impacts of things that they don't recognize as traumatic, but are physically impacting them. Right. And you know, that's out there. I know I've seen it firsthand. And so whenever you come to terms that it was trauma or it was hard or whatever word you want to put on it, that, you know, that is really that beginning awareness that can kind of start to catapult your healing. And so I thank you for sharing that because I think that's a huge thing that many people in this community downplay different experiences is, well, you know, we're comparing to other people or it's not this type of abuse or it's not this or that, or, you know, comparing different types that, oh, it's, it's not as bad that we forget that, trauma is trauma to us. And if we feel bad, if it impacted us, then it is a big deal, regardless of what anyone else thinks, regardless of what any kind of diagnostic criteria says it is. So I know you said like catapulting things. You said like, you've kind of been overcoming consistently, right? Like it's, it's been a thing for you. Um, like, um, I've done, I've been doing like kind of intensive therapy programs and different types of, you know, healing programs ever since I found my diagnosis, which to kind of like preface this, I, in my early twenties, I had my first ever like real romantic relationship where I actually was like, oh my God, someone cares about me. Mm-hmm. And that was when I really discovered, oh shit, I have a lot of problems. <laughs> and that was when yeah. I was I started realizing that like, I had a lot of like negative self-talk and I had a lot of like, Mm -hmm. 
I just, I would talk so down on myself and I like, didn't fully understand really like what was going on. So Mm -hmm. I started going to a therapist and I was just like falling into holes on Google, falling into holes on YouTube. I was like, I have to figure out what's wrong with me. Like I have to figure out what's wrong and then I can get better and I get on medication and I'm just, I have to figure it out. So I started going to this therapist and she's like, you know what? Like, cause I'm begging her, like, please give me a diagnosis, please. Yeah. And she's like, um, you know what, Amber, I think you have trauma. I think you have complex trauma. Mm-hmm. I think you have, you know, just this. And she also said too, which is the first time I ever heard this. She said that she thought I actually had generational trauma too, mm-hmm. which she was a younger therapist. And like, I feel like she kind of like grasped that concept of some people don't really believe in it or whatever, but, um, yeah. Yeah. So I found about that and I started just like, okay, what can I do to just heal this trauma? Like, what can I do to just like finally fix this and just be able to like Mm -hmm. take control of my life. And, you know, it's just been, I feel like that's been the like overcoming of it all. Just realizing that like, that's not like, there is no destination of heal. There is no destination of 100% you're gonna be perfect so that's like that's something I really want to touch on is like managing your expectations because I love that yeah that's something that like I struggled with initially like I thought that you know going into therapy was just gonna like fix it I was gonna be able to get a pill like that all the steps you needed magical like you're done right yeah (laughs) oh my gosh what I was hoping for but that's just not the reality of it Mm-hmm. So actually same with me, I resonate quite a bit with that. So when I was, so I have trauma as a child and then I was assaulted when I was 22. And that was the first time as an adult, I went to therapy and I went right after the assault. Cause I was someone who reported it. And so I immediately went into counseling. Okay. Like I was diagnosed with acute stress disorder at the time. Cause I didn't even meet the time period for PTSD at the time. And, um, one of the things that I said to my therapist is like, okay, so what do I need to do to be myself again? How do I fix this? What do I do? And, um, she said, probably one of the most powerful things that anyone has ever said to me, she said, you're not going to be yourself again. You are never going to be that version of you before the abuse, but you are going to take everything you've learned. I know. Right. And I was like, and I'm, I'm a perfectionist. That's, that's, you know, that's one of my coping skills. And I'm sure that's because of my, my trauma early on in my early years, but that's how, you know, I'm like, okay, fix, you know, it was like the gratification. Like, you know, if I can fix things, if I can make it seem perfect or look perfect outwardly, if I can make myself whatever I need to be to fit this mold of society, then I'm good. What do I need to do? And, you know, I literally, I was the person with like, listen, okay. like, so done this, I've done this coping skill. I've done this, I've done this. And I was so type a, hilarious because everywhere else I'm type B, but when it comes to my own personal growth, I'm like, you know, I was holding myself to the highest standard and it had to be perfect logical order and everything. And when she looked at me and she was like, you're, you're not, you're not going to. And I remember just being like, um, what like that, that shock factor. Right. And then she said, you're never going to be that version again, but you are going to be different and you can still heal and you can still, you know, and she's like telling me all of these things that I can do in my recovery. She's like, but you're not going to be that person again, but you're not supposed to be. And I was like, Oh, (laughs) and it it hits. But when you think about it, it's so true that like the, if you're comparing who you are now 
to who we were before this trauma. It's an entirely different person with entirely different experiences with a brain that functions differently. You know, I mean, and that can be scary, but also it can be empowering because it gives us the ability to learn more about how we are now and these things that we need to work through. And it doesn't mean that we won't ever feel better or have relief, but like you said, there's no healed. Like we're not, it's not ever done. There's not just like an end point. And some people may say that I personally do not believe that anyone I've talked to on here have not shared that as their personal belief. Like for me, it's, it's continual, right? That's even why we're overcoming healing. Like, you know, that's why I have the tenses in all of my names that I do, because when we set ourselves for that expectation that it's going to be the end point, we're just going to get continually disappointed. Um, Like as you live and just like, you know, being, you know, human being, like you're going to consistently encounter more traumas as you live. Mm -hmm. It's so like, you know, and that's something that I think I wasn't comprehending in the beginning either. I'm like, if I just fix this, it's going to be good. Like, we're just going to like be good forever. Right. Like, yeah. like that's not the way it works. Like you're going to encounter, you know, emotional type neglect stuff. Again, you're going to encounter like, um, I don't know, car accidents are very triggering for me. Just things like that. Like mm-hmm. all, all kinds of normal life events, like that are, they're traumatic. Like we're yeah. all going to go through them. It's going to continually happen. And you're going to, not always be thrown back down into that place, but you're going to like always have that. So yeah. I- while you were talking, I just had this like vision in my head of like being on a roller coaster and thinking like life is yeah. a roller coaster. Right. And like the very first time you get on a roller coaster, you're likely terrified. You have no idea what's going to happen. Right. If you don't know, there's going to be a big drop. If you don't know, there's going to be a big swirl you know, right here. Right. But the more times you go on the roller coaster, the more you cope better, right? The more you understand, oh, so that my stu- this might do a flip, but it ends. Or, you know, this part might be scary or this might be exciting, but this is, you know, this is temporary, right? And right. That, that's kind of like the visual that I see for life is that, you know, you are on this roller coaster, but you get more and more prepared and handle it better. The more you learn, the more experience you have, the more coping skills, all of those things. Yeah. You have like, for yeah. sure. You're just still on the roller coaster. You're always going to be on the roller coaster, right? But you, maybe you learn to enjoy the dips. Maybe you learn to, you know, like you get more and more out of it. Who knows? Um, but you know, anything you can really do to just like be present in the moment, even when you are feeling like, you know, like really activated or something like I find just like anything you can do in that moment to just be present, like is very like helpful and soothing, you know, even if it's like, wow, I have to be here and like be in this shit right now. But it's like, you're in this shit in this moment. And like, it's going to end. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think of too, that for people who avoid it, it's still there. It's still, you know, we've talked about before that, you know, trauma can manifest with physical things as well. Like that, that's still going to be there just because we ignore it or we, you know, mentally try and block it out. Doesn't mean it's not impacting us. Those of us who have lapses in trauma memories and, you know, have weird quirks or behaviors that doesn't make sense to any of us or, you know, whatever it may be that still impacted us somehow, even if we don't remember it, it's still, you know, functionally showing up somehow. So, and, you know, like when you said that you didn't recognize anything until you were in a romantic relationship, I, that's very triggering. That situation is a mirror. You're in a close, intimate relationship. And especially, 
if your relationship with your parents wasn't great, that's like the first time that you're recognizing that, Oh, maybe what I went through wasn't normal. Yeah. And, that's exactly you know, what it was. And it was like, it was so just like weird to like have that mirror of this person who had a normal family and had, mm-hmm. I was dating someone that had eight siblings wow. and even with eight siblings, they were so tight knit and like their parents were so caring and so involved and like it, it very, it was weird for me. Like mm-hmm. I did not, it did not make me feel good. It made me feel very uncomfortable and yeah. like, I quite understand why. And then, yeah, like the person I was in a relationship with would like tell me things and be like, you know, why are you so hard on yourself? Like, it hurts me to see the way your mother doesn't answer your phone calls, like stuff like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just, oh, like, hmm, maybe I should look into this. <laughs> You're like, oh, that's not normal. Like that's, you know, cause I mean, think of how intimately we know other people's families, unless we're there all the time, you know, with friends growing up, it's really when we get in a relationship and when, you know, it's the possibility of meshing families together down the road. If, if marriage or that kind of thing is your end goal that, you know, you're really looking into their dynamics and how they grew up. And it's interesting that how much, like, even without trauma into the mix, that the way people were raised has an impact so much on their beliefs on how they show up in conflict on how, you know, all of these things, we learned that all as kids, where do we learn them from? Likely our families, So, you know, when you come to the realization, like you did, and I did the same that you're in a dysfunctional family, it really starts to show up and you're like, Oh, what is wrong here? Right. (laughs) It's an awakening. Definitely. And like speaking on that too, like something I've really had to work hard on, like overcoming for sure is, um, because I was raised, which I can actually define this now, I fought against it for so long and I denied it for so long, but I was raised by two narcissistic parents. And because of that, in that household, I carry narcissistic traits. I know that I'm not a narcissist because I have such like self-loathing issues and I like have horrible self-esteem. So I know I'm not a narcissist, but like and I, I went back and forth with my therapist for like three weeks of like, you gave me this material. Now I'm convinced I'm a narcissist. And she had to like talk me off my ledge. And you're not a narcissist. Like I do carry narcissistic traits and I don't like it. And it like sucks, yeah. but it's just like, it's an, the reality of I grew up and I modeled my behavior after what I saw. Mm-hmm. And it, it's shitty. Like yeah. it shows up like in my relationship and you know, like it's something I have to work hard on. And like, I'm getting to a point where I can kind of, um, try and like control it when I need to. And, um, it's helping, but it does, it does suck. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, I, I resonate so much with that. I would agree with the household that you're talking about. And, um, you know, I feel like that was one of the hardest things for me is that I never had a word to describe it until I started learning more about different types of abuse. And the moment I learned about narcissistic abuse, I was like, oh my gosh, that's, that's what I went through. That's it. It's like the mind games for me was the problem. Um, and you know, that leads to self-esteem and self-loathing and, you know, all that stuff that we know about narcissistic abuse. And, um, 
it was really interesting for me when I made that realization too, because it's like, oh, okay. And, you know, when you say you have narcissistic tendencies, I feel like every single person does, um, you know, as humans, we are, we naturally can be selfish. Right. Um, and it's not to say that just because you you choose you or whatever, that's narcissism, that's very different. And maybe that's something we can go into in a different episode. Um, but you know, for me, I know I have the tendency if I, if I wanted to, I could manipulate people and they wouldn't even know. I could, you know, there are so many things that I could do that I actively don't, but that was modeled in my house. To me, I was like, oh, I know how to play you. I know how to, you know what I mean? But that's something that I saw. And, you know, my biological father is a very manipulative person, very much knows how to stretch things and, you know, put just enough truth in that everyone believes them and charming and all of that stuff. And naturally, of course, I picked up how to do that because when you're early on, you learn from your parents, right? Um, and so, for until I was 16, I was like that. I was totally doing that. And then I just snapped out of it. It was like, Whoa, I'm not going to live this way. It's been a conscious thing since. Um, but you know, it's, it's just very interesting when you talk about like the qualities that you do get growing up in a dysfunctional household. And you're right. There has to be self-awareness of those things. There really does. And that's hard for a lot of people. It is really hard. Yeah. It's hard for you to like, be like, my behavior is kind of shitty right now. Like, it's hard to like, look at that and accept that. Mm -hmm. Like it is. Yeah. And you know, but the fact that you are willing to do that, the fact that you are even, I've heard many times that people, if you're even questioning that you're a narcissist, you're not because narcissists don't even care if they're a narcissist, they won't even begin to admit a flaw in themselves. They, you know what I mean? Like there'll be no empathy. They will not say, sorry. Like there's, there's just, you're not you know, I've, I've had that early on in like, when I was like 18, 19, I was worried about the same thing. And I did the deep dive and I did, I was like, but I do this and this, this, this is, and then my therapist at the time was like, no, 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 you're good. You're good. Um, and so it, it's just, it's something for me that, you know, I very much resonate with. And I, I know that, you know, you said you didn't realize that a lot of things were abuse until you look back and it's like, emotional abuse is abuse. And I have been through the three main, the emotional, physical, and sexual. And I will say at a long-term level, the most damaging for me was the emotional, the manipulation, the psychological warfare, the by a narcissist. It's damaging. It's so damaging because you don't realize until after the fact that all of that made you question yourself. Yes. And it made you put all of it on yourself Mm -hmm. when I'm doing it to you. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Yeah. Like, yeah. And, you know, they wanted you, you know, like the abuse is set up that way so that it can continue. Right. They make you not trust yourself. They make you feel like you're the problem. They make you hate yourself because then you won't say anything. Then you won't get help. Then you, you know, like you won't leave their control because they like having control over you. Right. So yeah, it's, it's set up that way on purpose. And the more, when I learned about cycles of abuse, I was, I did my first, um, paper that I've ever written on abuse or violence was my senior in high school paper on domestic violence. And I learned about the abuse and control and I was shocked and I was like, oh my gosh, this is my household. <laughs> and, um, but I feel like the more you learn about the science of things, it, at least for me, 
it made it so it could be more objective and I could blame myself less because the patterns that I saw in the research emulated the patterns that I saw in my household. So I was like, okay, well, it isn't me. They're saying like, literally it says the next step the narcissist is going to take is this. And I'm reading that. And then my dad does that to me the next day. And I'm like, okay, you know, so (laughs) (laughs) it's like, it, it makes a lot of sense. And, um, that's, that's why I preach so heavily on understanding trauma and the science and all of that stuff, because I think that it takes the blame off of you and in any type of situation, many abusers to continue abuse, put the blame on the victim. Right. And, um, you know, for us, I think knowledge is power and the more proof and validation you can have outside of yourself, because, you know, for me, it was, I was told that I was mentally unstable and couldn't make any decisions and that I was quote unquote crazy. And my narrative in my head was that, well, crazy people don't think they're crazy. So how do I know I'm not crazy? Right. And it was just this little, little tiny piece of my mind that was like, maybe you're the problem, but it was enough that eventually it took over absolutely everything. They just had to plant a tiny little seed over and over and over and over and over. And then that's when it lands. So knowing that, so curious, what kind of things you have done to start working on understanding yourself on knowing you're not the problem, like that kind of like self-work, what kind of things have you done? Um, I, so I did this program and it was like, I literally paid like $7,000 to do this, like trauma program for a week like one-on-one and it was me and this woman eight hours a day one-on-one for a week and it was very it was exposure therapy and I went there and I did that because I was like this is my pill I was here it is this is going to cure it here we go yeah and I went and did it and um looking back on it now looking back on it Um, it was very helpful and I use some of the tools that they gave me there now when I need to and essentially Mm -hmm. my biggest takeaway from that program is essentially like this tool called dialoguing have you ever heard of that Mm -mm. essentially what it is which here I get to bring up spirituality um it's essentially so it's essentially like shadow work with a different name so it's when the feelings arise and they come up like you have that feeling and you like write down like I'm freaking out like whatever this is what's going on and essentially talk to yourself back and forth until you talk yourself to a point of you know like safety and secureness and like and it's like journaling if that makes sense Mm, yeah um and it's for this is like the crazy part of this so with your I'm right-handed so you use your opposite hand your left hand you Uh write and that's your inner child your right hand your dominant hand is your current self so That's it's smart. literally like you're using both sides of your brain, mm-hmm. right? So you're having that, I forget the scientific word for it. So you're having the like- Like the, the bilateral stimulation. Yes, the bilateral stimulation, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's working with your inner child and like basically talking yourself out of whatever you're in, essentially. Yeah. And I'll be completely honest, I've only ever done it three times, <laughs> because usually when you're in those situations, you're not doing it. (laughs) Like at least I've found. Well, Um, yeah, it's, it's hard in the moment to do like when you're in crisis mode to just pull out all those skills, right? Like it's, I feel like you just have to choose 
one or two that will quickly get you down. And then when you can go into more, like after you kind of hit that first, like notch of regulation, I call it like, you're just out of that, like complete crisis mode. Then you can go down to where you're still a little bit more elevated nervous system, but you're able to start doing more of the long-term stuff. Then I would get into that. Um, but it's, again, it's not always easy to just be like, Oh, first this, then this, then (laughs) when you're in the middle of like your nervous system completely dysregulated. Right. Yeah. The, I feel like from what you're talking about there, my like first step for like just calming myself down in the moment that works every time, if I choose to grab it, which it's usually easy is my weighted blanket. Mm. I just throw that thing on and I'm just five minutes and I'm good. Nice. And like, usually when I do it, I like, (laughs) here comes my shame. Usually when I do it, I have like a freak out and then I have my blanket and then it's like, really like you just did all that and now you're fine like so that's that's like my cycle which yeah that's a lot of people's cycle it's absolutely you know you shame yourself and then you get yourself back like so well yeah and my occupational therapy brain just so you what you do is actually makes so much sense with the science because before anything you're tapping into your sensory need Okay. Your sensory need is going to get your body on board. It's going to, first of all, you brought awareness to your body and to the present moment by giving yourself that deep pressure with the weighted blanket. Then also deep pressure is very calming to the nervous system for a lot of people. So you did that to meet your threshold first for all of your sensory stuff to help decrease your regulation. Then you started going deeper into like the cognitive stuff, right. With, or whatever you were doing with the writing or anything like that. So you kind of, you went from just meeting my body's needs first with my sensory and then diving deeper into, okay, let's, let's reassess what's happening. How can we, you know, continue to work through this at like a deeper level where you can do more work and like the shadow work and things like that you were talking about. And if you don't know what that is, we go over that in one of the earlier episodes with spirituality, I will have to reference it later in the show notes, but, um, it's, it's definitely, an important thing like the journaling and that kind of thing, because then you're getting your brain online as, okay, why is this happening? That kind of thing. And yeah, when the judgments come in, like, you know, Oh, I'm, I freaked out over that. Like that's, that happens to a lot of people. And I would imagine that probably because the emotional abuse, it would make sense that if you were upset and people were saying those kind of things to you, that that's what voice would come through when you are upset at yourself. That was for me. Um, and that's also common to like, however you were treated when you're you were having these emotional issues when you were younger. That's how you're going to talk to yourself um, naturally, which is just super random, interesting fact. Um, sorry. Yeah. Squirrel brain. Um, but you know, so you, without knowing it, you did what was helpful just by listening to what you needed. Like you're following research right now and you don't even know it. It's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. It's uh, like, that's, one like super interesting thing that I feel like has helped me to kind of feel better about my whole journey is that like I guess just realizing that in some capacity it doesn't matter literally who it is they're going through the same shit Mm -hmm. and it may not be as heavy as your stuff and it may not be as light as their stuff whatever but like everyone is going through this in some capacity Mm -hmm. Like, so just, just like knowing that and understanding that has helped me a lot and it helps me, I guess, I, I guess want to like put myself out there more and like share my stuff because 
you know, like I, I do want to like help other people. And I guess that's part of the reason why I got into the crystal business because crystals have helped me a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Let's talk, let's deep dive about that because I've been waiting. I've been anxiously waiting for this. Um, so we've talked about crystals a lot, just like, as like someone, like some people have talked about like random tools on here, but I know I've had people being like, well, how do you use this? What do you do? So can you kind of give us a rundown for how you would use crystals in general or in your healing? And then I'll probably ask some questions because this is just exciting to me. This is where I nerd out too. So sorry. Um, so at a certain point, um, in my journey, I found out about shadow work and then I got kind of into spirituality because I was like, this is very similar to what I learned in my program. Like, mm-hmm. you know, let me just get this in there too. You know, maybe this will be my path. Maybe this will help heal me. Mm-hmm. So I went down the spirituality path, like full blown. And I was like, let's go. And I didn't really know a lot. Um, but I kind of, had faith I guess I don't really know what else to call it I had I had hope and faith that like this would help and um I remember the first stone that I got was unakite which I don't know if you're familiar with that stone but it's a stone that is to keep you grounded and Mm. present okay yeah so that was the first crystal I ever got and I was like yo bitch is going to be present and she's going to be grounded and it's just going to be like it's going to be the full thing. Mm-hmm. And really, I feel like I didn't start getting the full benefits of crystals until I fully learned how to use them. Mm-hmm. And that involves a lot of like, not a lot of research, but I guess just a lot of like knowing your intentions, knowing what you're feeling, first of all, and knowing like, like what you want help with, I guess mm-hmm. you have to be like very clear on all of those things when you're yes. going the like you know crystal healing I feel like you have to be clear on all those three things and you have to program your crystals which essentially is like sitting with them and setting your intent mm-hmm. and um I find that with meditation um you can actually sit and feel like feel energy from the crystals when you're meditating mm-hmm. um but I know a lot of people really haven't like experience that and it makes me really sad because I really I want them. Well, but, and here's the thing. If people haven't seen it, they haven't experienced it. They haven't felt it. Why would they believe it? Right. And, yeah. you know, and to so many people, this topic is like, this is so woo woo. I don't believe in any of right. this, you know, <laughs> and that's, that's fine. That's your prerogative. But the way I think about it is that everything is energy. Okay. Everything junior is high science, junior high science lesson right there. Literally. And this is just different ways that, you know, it's like the crystalline structure is essentially that there's different, like, like molecules and structures that make up every little, little, little Mm -hmm. um, that make up single stone. And each one is literally like vibrating at a different level. Like this is literally like, Mm -hmm. like at a molecular level. And I found that, let me. Actually, I'm not going to grab it because I don't want to break anything. Everything's everywhere right now. Okay. Um, there's a stone called phos- phosphocidorite. It's really, it's a mouthful. Um, but I actually um, sold some during one of our live sales and I was pushing everyone. I'm like, listen, this is the one to meditate with guys. Please just try it. And I got like three DMs from people that purchased it that literally were like, 
oh my God, I sat down and I just for like five minutes and like, I felt this, like, I felt like the most calm I'd ever been, the most relaxed I've ever been. I felt weight coming off my shoulders, like, like everything, you know what I mean? And, and even if it is woo woo, and even if it is a placebo effect, you Mm -hmm. sat down and you meditated and now you're calm. Yep. So like at the end of the day, I feel like if getting a crystal and holding it is what, you know, gives you the motivation to sit down and be with yourself and meditate and create a practice like that for yourself, then that's worth it in its own. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and there are so many things to like, there are other ways to work with crystals and have crystals aside from just meditation. Like I personally, I don't, if you're looking on YouTube, I have one that I wear often. This is the citrine. Yeah. Um, I have- yeah. And you know, so like, um, and this one is for like, with my intention, it's like happiness, abundance, that kind of thing. Um, it's my happy stone. It does. It, it, I definitely feel like happier again, whether that's a placebo effect or not, I feel better wearing it, you know? Um, yeah. and There's- I get a lot of comments on my energy when I'm wearing it. So, you know, who, yeah. who's to say? Yeah. I mean, even if it's something where like, it's as simple as programming crystal, you grab it and you say like an affirmation, yes. like, and you like a lot of people put it in their bra, like say mm-hmm. today I'm taking you with me because I'm protecting my energy and I want to stay grounded and I want to be safe today, like in mm-hmm. my body and then keep it on you. And it's like that, that day you're going to feel all of that. And I've, mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how Even- to describe it not going to sound woo. I know. I know. I, I totally understand (laughs) for me. The thing is whether or not, so everything in spirituality, these things are tools. Okay. Whether you go into tarot, whether you go into crystals, whatever it is, it's a tool. The way that I think about it is your energy, your intention is actually where the power is. It doesn't mean that this isn't also beneficial and this doesn't support that. It means that it comes from your mind first, right? And, you know, you have to have that intention. If someone is sitting here being like, this is a rock, this isn't going to work. It probably won't work for them because they have a mental block saying it's not going to work. So your subconscious mind is going to try and find ways to prove itself. Right. If you say, I have a belief that that doesn't work, then it's not going to work for you. But if you have an open mind and say, what's going to happen is going to happen, you know, then you might see something different. Um, but it's, it's just very interesting to me that, you know, and reminding people that spirituality is a self journey. It is yeah, right. Definitely. So I'm sitting here playing with, I think is an opalite. Um, yeah. <laughs> and Opal you know, light. and, um, so it, it's just, it's, it's whatever you want it to be. But I also think there's enough people that with everything that people have found in the research of things, and these have been used in different cultures and, you know, just cause it's yeah. not normalized right. here in this moment doesn't mean that it isn't a thing. And if you're interested in trying them, I will say that Amber sent me some and, um, I was like, I'm really struggling with this. And she was like, okay, I'm going to send you these. And I was like, okay. And within a week I was feeling better with most of that stuff. Like, and I just, it was very, very interesting to me. And I didn't really, I mean, I had, I just knew it was going to work. Like I wasn't like, having an overattention every single day being like, this will work for me. Right. I was just like, I had it with me. I just intuitively, I was like, all right, this is going to help me. And it did, 
but was I obsessing over it? Was I thinking about it consistently? No, it was just kind of there. Um, but it did. And like, seriously, your, the selection that you all have and like, honestly, for the prices and everything, I just, if you're on YouTube, like look behind her, I can't, um, (laughs) it's, it's truly like one of the best, if not the best that I've found in my few years of being into crystals. So definitely, definitely. If you're interested, go check them out. Um, she runs it with her partner and I am, it's, it's so good. So good. Um, and also the education in the page, like behind it. So if you want to know more about crystals and what they do, they do a whole bunch of deep dives into that. So that's, that's like my personal thing. And I'm not just like trying to be like, here, let's just pump you up. But like in in actuality, it has helped me. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's the spiritual stuff that I love talking about. And I love when people are like not immediately shunning it and being like, Oh, you're crazy. That doesn't work. I mean, like I, I stumbled upon this because I was like, I'm willing to do anything. (laughs) And, you know, not like I was shocked, but I was pleasantly surprised when adding levels of spirituality to my life gave it an improvement. Mm -hmm. And I feel like anyone can kind of have that. And some people choose like organized religion and stuff like that. And that's like their kind of sense of it. But Mm-hmm. you know, we're all like free to choose whatever we want to make you feel better about it. So this yeah. is what. <laughs> Absolutely. And, um, something I thought about when you were talking as well, we've talked about awareness and when, so for me in order to feel, cause like I can physically feel the energy of things sometimes when I meditate, like I can feel the buzzing. Like I literally picked up when I was like, oh my gosh, this is just really warm. And someone's like, what are you talking about? But I'm like, no, seriously, it's like buzzing, but they do. It's, I don't, no, seriously. I, yeah. I don't know how, but anyways, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. Um, you know, like I was focusing my intention on, like, I had like a little pyrite it was like a cluster that was sitting in my hand and I was focusing my intention on like moving it. I wasn't touching it at all. And my hand didn't move at all. And then it rolled. And I was like, Oh my gosh, that's probably the coolest thing I've ever done. Um, and it was on video too. So you can see that I wasn't touching it, but anyways, um, you know, and and so it's just very, very interesting that, you know, it's, it's just different types of energy and different frequencies and, you know, and so again, I mean, my family is also one of the ones that are like, all right, you're goofy, whatever, but you know, Hey, if it works for you, like again, many of us survivors are in a place where like, I will try anything. What helps me. Yeah. Right. So if you're even being drawn to like, Ooh, maybe I should try, maybe I should think of something, reach out and reach out. I would say to a small business that has a good understanding, don't get things through like Walmart, um, you know, Amazon that there also are fake crystals too, where they are like plastic where they're plastic yeah and there's like a lot of um like if you're getting it from places like that and like even like these bigger um shops that are still like small businesses sometimes you got to worry about like whether or not like it was like sourced in a way that's sustainable because Mm -hmm. they're all being like mined from the earth you know so you kind of have like when it is like a huge operation and they're like doing like importing thousands upon thousands of pieces, like you have to like wonder like, I wonder how big that hole is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, so yeah, yeah. And I know for, you know, and there's like different things that come up. It's like, don't use this one because it's, you know, we talk about like ethics too. Like 
there are people in this country where this is being limited and this is where, you know, the heavy consumption or, or production of this comes from. So we don't want to support yeah. this, this instead. That's similar. Um, I know that was something with Lapis Lazuli recently that, yeah, you yeah. know, and yeah. And like, there's a, like a huge issue with, um, small children ages, like two to like eight, that those are the people that mine the crystals because mm. they're small enough to fit in there. And then they end up like getting crushed oh, and it's no. just sad. Like, to think about that they're in like you know these foreign countries that are like you know like don't have as much access to stuff and they're yeah. like literally putting their kids out there so and I don't know just thinking about that is like really yeah so like I mean with anything I mean you want to be considerate and think of where things are coming from and you know yeah. there's been a movement in general which I appreciate in the past two years to shop smaller and to you know connect with who is selling things and like honestly I will say like I love that you all do what you do um you know it it makes me very happy and you know I know that when it comes from you it comes from a place that I trust right and so that's important too. Like in there are other smaller places on Etsy and things like that, that you can look into or places on Instagram, just choose what feels right to you. Um, my first experience with a crystal, I was in Sedona, Arizona, which if you do not know has, um, so magical there. So magical. There are energy vortexes that you can feel like it's just so cool. Um, there are a lot of hippy dippy people there, which I fit right into. I'm sure you do too. (laughs) Um, but I, you know, it's just, it's almost like they're everywhere there. Um, and like they're in gift shops or whatever. And, you know, I picked the first one up. I don't remember the first one that I ever got. One of the first big one, the first big one I ever got was this one was this blue celestite, I think is what it's called. Oh yeah. That's pretty. I love it. Um, and I got it at Sedona and I picked it up and I was like, and it's, it's interesting because I again, I'm someone who can considers myself intuitive and in tune with energy in general, because that self-awareness within myself is there. Right. And so I'm present and connected to a lot of things. And I notice more around me. There were years for me that that wasn't the case when I was like more dissociative and disconnected from myself. So these kind of awareness things and these kind of tools didn't work for me at all. Um, it was later into my healing journey that when I was more in tune with being in my body and feeling sensations and not just dissociating from myself all the time that this kind of thing worked. So keep that in mind if you're in that state. Um, but anyway, so I remember I was walking through and it caught my eye and like, it's, it's interesting about crystals that say, sometimes they choose you. <laughs> like yeah. they, they know, like, I don't, again, this is probably way woo woo for some people, but like, for me, it was, I walked by and I was like, huh that's pretty cool. What is that? And I was just like, Ooh, that's pretty. That's blue. Okay. That's cool. And then I would walk away and then I was looking at other things. And then I would just like, feel like drawn to go back there. And I'm like, what in the world? And eventually I ended up walking out with it. Cause I was like, I feel like I can't not have this. <laughs> and it was just like a weird pull. And I, I realized, and I looked it all up and I was like, exactly what I needed at the time. Like I looked it up after the fact. Um, and you know, I had it with me and that was like one of the first experiences that I had. And right before starting my business, I went to Sedona and it was like one of those, like pick a crystal, whatever. And normally I'm a blue and green person. Okay. Like aqua, whatever I'm a Pisces. I like the watery stuff. And so I was looking at a few things. I was like going for a protective stone. I think I was going to get some like tourmaline and see if I can find it. I was drawn to this opalite, which was new for me. Um, and then there was a Gaia stone or a green obsidian. Here it is. 
literally as I said that it came out I'm sorry that's just <laughs> in a black like a bag that's just I can't see into um sorry weird coincidence nerding out anyways and then I found this one and I was like I feel like I, normally it's not something I would pick up but I was like I feel like I need that I feel like I want that and I was like again I was scared of starting my business and a similar thing happened to me with another blue stone. I got this huge blue lace agate piece, which I spent way too much money on, but it like called, I literally came back to the store three times in that trip before I got it. And she was like, just get it. I'll give you a discount. And I was like, okay, thank you. Um, <laughs> thank you. And it's, it's for clarity and communication and, you know, all about the throat chakra stuff, which is what I was having a hard time with. I was afraid to share my story. I was afraid of all of the stuff and judgment and that kind of thing. Um, and I have it with me in your every podcast recording. But then this one, I looked it up and it had to do with like happiness and also like financial stability. And I was like, oh my gosh. And it was it basically all of the stones that I picked without knowing. I was just like, oh, this is cool. I'm going to grab this one, like in this like little tray. It all had to do with helping me, supporting me, start my business. Just yeah. Adam. And I was just like, okay. But again, I wasn't actively being like, I need this for this intention. It just kind of came to me and it ended up being what I needed. So be open-minded. If you feel ever like you're looking at something or you feel something, you're like, Ooh, I really like this. Consider maybe that's for a reason. Again, you have to keep an open mind, stick within your beliefs, of course. But for me, something I believe, and it's something I can feel physically can feel the energy in your hand when you're paying enough attention and you're tuned into yourself. So for me, that's, that's a big thing, but do you have any crystal stories? Yeah, I was going to like, kind of speak to what you just said a little bit there. And yeah, when, we, um, when we send out our orders for people that I've purchased from our shop, I am the one It's always only me, which is weird. I don't know why, but I'm the one that picks out the like free surprise gifts mm-hmm. and literally every single time, like every single time I get messages from like the customers and they're like, can you tell me what this is? Like, what is the stone that you gave for free or it's two or three, what are these you gave for free? And then I'll tell them and they'll be like, oh my God, this just happened in my life. And this is exactly what I needed right now. Like, oh my God, like this is exactly what I needed right now. I had mm-hmm. a customer reach out to me and he told me that his boyfriend had just been arrested and was racially profiled for like some sort of theft or robbery that he did not commit and he was still like in jail and I sent three stones and it was like for like to a T exactly what he needed three days later his boyfriend came home wow yeah and like that moment for me was like yeah yeah and like just knowing you make a difference like that and you use your intuition to figure out which ones to send to people. I mean, you did the same thing for me. I was like, I don't know. And you're like, try these. And then it worked, you know? And so it's just, I also think it takes a certain type of person who is in tune with their intuition to be able to do that as well. But that's cool. I've noticed since like I've been in therapy, I've been getting a lot more in touch with my intuition and I'm getting back to that point of like being able to like trust my gut and like, Mm -hmm. no. And I think I was telling you a little bit about like what happened earlier today, but it was actually funny because um, my friend who's like house we're renting, I like texted her and I was like, hey, I've been feeling kind of weird. Like, I just have this gut feeling that something's going on with you. Like, are you okay? And she reached back out and told me all of that stuff. That's literally wow. what happened. And I can't explain it other than I've had this like gut feeling wow. that something wasn't okay with her. And I and reached out. And it wasn't. 
she threw it all on me and was like, I'm so glad you reached out. Like, can I call you? Like, yeah. So I'm just like, I don't know. Yeah. I'm like shook recently with all of my like intuition stuff. I Mm -hmm. had almost like an impulse to buy my car. And then I know, you know, it got like totaled, but, Mm -hmm. um, it was a full blown T-bone and, um, we had a very, very small compact car before we got that car. And if that would have happened in a compact car, it's very likely that my partner who was in the accident would have been severely injured. Absolutely. And like, I literally had this gut feeling where I was just like, I can't be in this small car anymore. Like, I just can't drive around this anymore. I don't feel safe. Like, it just doesn't feel good to me. I can't do this anymore. And I went and got that car and then that happened. And I don't know, I, I like feel like I am getting more in tune with like my gut feelings and my intuition after going through therapy. That so. was for me too. The deeper in my healing, the more in tune with my intuition I became like, absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think that, I mean, and especially I know that about the car that your, you know, your car was totaled and you're like, I absolutely need to get a different car and you don't feel safe. And I've, I've had instances like that before too, where like you reach out to someone you haven't talked to in a while and oh my gosh, something happened or, you know, it's just, it's, yeah it's hard to debate when you see it firsthand, you know? And I think everyone has the ability to be in tune with their intuition. And, you know, again, whatever you believe, I believe it's just like, it's just another layer of interconnected. It's almost feels like it's like a computer network connecting people. Is kind of what I think of like that. And like, again, whatever you believe, like the universe, whatever, and everyone has the ability to tap into the computer network, but a lot of people don't like to, don't want to feels unsafe, you know, that kind of thing, or just don't believe it. And if you don't believe it, then you're probably not going to be tapping into the computer network. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's very interesting to me because I know a lot of people, even people who don't fully believe and everything where things like that have happened, um, you know, and it's, it's just, it's pretty cool. And then also, you know, setting your intention and using crystals as a tool like that too, is just yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Like, I feel like, I feel like having all of this energy around me is like, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Just like it's always here. I don't know. Like sometimes I just feel like maybe I should just go like look at my crystals for a second and I'll just like sit and look at them and just like feel their energy for a moment and just kind of like, yeah, like take a deep breath and just like take a second. And it really does help. And regardless of like what your stance is on it, I feel like it's all like, up to you, like what you're willing to get into. But I do feel like crystals are an amazing tool to help you. Um, if it is, you know, trauma that you're healing from emotional trauma, like whatever happened, I feel like crystals are an amazing tool and Mm -hmm. along with like meditation and stuff too. Definitely. Yeah. So with that being said, for people who are nerding out like us and people who are like on board or on board, on board to try, what are some of the crystals you would recommend for, let's just say just trauma in general, like the healing process. If yeah. people wanted to get started, what would you recommend them starting with? So actually it's, it's really funny. I would definitely, my number one would be Celestite. Mm. Celestite is my first one. Interesting. That's yeah. Cool. It's an incredible healing stone. That was one of the first stones that I ever sat and meditated with. I was so like, like activated, like my nervous system was super dysregulated. And I sat down with my celestite and I was meditating. I fucking fell asleep. <laughs> wow. I fell asleep. <laughs> wow. Uh, so that just goes to show like 
I don't know um, if you've experienced this, but when my nervous system gets really activated, sometimes I cannot sleep. That's like the last thing I could do. Yeah. So that Celeste night was my number one. Um, Number two would probably be Labradorite. Um, interesting see. choice for, I mean, I, I love Labradorite first of all, but <laughs> it's also really pretty. I know I have one too. Yeah. If you're on YouTube, <laughs> I feel like this is one of those episodes you need to be watching YouTube. If you're not like scroll through, oh, yeah. to see how pretty, but like mine, it like, it looks like a dinosaur egg to me. And then it has yeah. like, like, it looks like magic. I'm just, I'm, it definitely is. And so I cool. feel like the meaning behind Labradorite is transformation. Mm-hmm. The whole idea of Labradorite is transforming, transformation in your life. And I don't know if you know this, but the shine and the colors that you see flashing in mm-hmm. Labradorite, there's different um, layers within the mineral that are basically like, when you shine at different ways, you can see different things. So it's almost like, for me, I look at that and I'm like, wow, like this cool. is like showing me that like at this point in my life, things were kind of blue, but you know, now they're pink and I don't know. I just kind of look at it that way. And it I is like that. one of my favorite stones of all time. I love it. It's mm-hmm. pretty. Yeah. It's pretty. <laughs> um, other than that, I would probably say amethyst is a must. Amethyst is like go to yeah. get rid of the negative energy And that's normalized in society. There's amethyst, everything. There's like amethyst decor. Like even if you're not into crystals, it's like you can find something amethyst somewhere. Oh, 100%, 100%. And then after that will definitely be rose quartz. I'm going to grab my favorite rose quartz, Mm -hmm. Um, which is for self-love and um, unconditional love, you know, for everyone. So Mm -hmm. I, I try to do a lot of work with rose quartz because a lot of my stuff is like with me and like healing myself but yeah rose quartz is a huge one for me because if you've experienced trauma there's a really good huge one yeah I got a big raw one Mm -hmm. yeah it's um this is one that if you've experienced trauma you're going to need to like come back home to yourself and connect yourself for sure absolutely this is the one I'm just going to hold this actually. Yeah, go for it. And if you, um, I mean, if you've heard anything about Rose Court, if you're on TikTok or somehow got onto crystal TikTok, I feel like it's easy to do. You don't have to be spiritual. Um, but there's like trends of like different kinds, like carnelian and Rose Quartz and that kind of thing. Um, people say like, some of them are like, Oh, for finding love for finding what it, it Again, some people take like the def like the what is known and twist it to fit the narrative they want. Just because you have rose quartz does not mean you're gonna find love. It means you it's helping you love yourself, which in turn might help you, you know. But keep in mind when someone just says, This is just gonna fix everything. This is gonna find your partner. This is gonna that that's just not the case. Right. Yeah. That kind of upsets me too when I see people like making these claims. It's like I know. Mm. <laughs> I don't Disclaimer know about- there. that's that's when people think it's super woo woo like oh yeah this crystal is just gonna magically find your partner like no no you know anyway but one thing one way to think about it for some people who are like financially motivated is perhaps if you spend you know a couple hundred dollars on a crystal collection you'll be inclined to sit with them and in that space of sitting with them just sitting with your financial investment you might I've, I've had people tell me that just sitting with their crystals, they just ball their eyes out all mm-hmm. this emotion at least Have like, mm-hmm. yeah. Like sometimes it just, like, it hits you in the face and you just, you can't escape it. You know what I mean? Yep. And that's yep. like their energy. 
for sure. So I, yeah, I, even if you're like a person like that, I would say give it a mm-hmm. try. And yeah. because crystals are something that are only going to like, they're a collector's item. So they're only going to like gain in value over the year. So if you're going to invest mm-hmm. in it, like, it's a good investment to make for yourself for sure. Yeah. Agreed. And um, other ones I would add to that, especially if you're someone who is still in an environment that is harmful to you. I do black tourmaline. I have a big chunk of that, that I keep. Um, it's supposed to, you know, it's used for protection and like getting rid of negative energies, like keeping it away from you. I kind of think of it as like, there's like shards here again, you kind of gotta be looking at this on YouTube, but there's like shards. (laughs) And to me, it's like the energy goes away from you. Okay. That's how I remember that. Also, um, black onyx is another one. The black ones are really good for protection. A lot of them. Um, and that can be used for, um, protecting yourself from negative energy around you. So think of like the negative people, if you're in a toxic environment, that kind of thing, lifesaver. Um, anyone is like my secret now people are gonna be like, Oh, that's why you always wear that black necklace. I switched between my satirine and, um, my black tourmaline necklaces that I have. And if I will choose based on the day, what I want to wear. Um, but yes. So again, it just, it's based on the intention that you have. Um, and another thing too, that I was thinking of is that the type of crystal itself, not just like what type of stone it is, but like the shape and that kind of thing can help be different for some people. Um, if you are someone who's meditating, some people really like the polished stones. Some people like raw stones and some people don't care. Um, it just kind of depends. I, it depends on my mood for me. I like them both. Um, but you know, some of the ones that I was showing, like this is a red tiger's eye. This is actually one of my favorites. I, I say that one of my favorites, but I love, I love red tiger's eye. Love it. It's like confidence and like that, just like extra, like, whew. you know, um, it's, it's for sexuality and it's for connecting to your divine feminine energy. That's a really powerful stone for someone who's experienced. Sexual trauma. It's a very powerful stone for someone who's experienced sexual trauma for sure. That's interesting. Cause I got it shortly after that. Oh, interesting wow. See, things I didn't know. And wow. then, wow. Anyways, that's, that's wild. But also yeah. I got it. Cause I thought it was pretty because <laughs> I thought the bands were pretty, it is. Um, but it's like a small palm stone. So, um, you can keep it in your palm and it's like, you know, like think of the sensory component of it. Again, if you're not someone who believes in all of the magical stuff, like there's, they're like fidgets essentially. It's yeah. like a way to keep yourself present. Mess with it. Yeah, I do. And I mean, I do it all the time. Sometimes I'll just have a crystal in my hand while I'm recording and you would never know because it's below my computer, but I'm just like, you know, if I'm nervous or whatever, like that's getting the energy out of my body in a way that's not coming straight out of my mouth. Right. Um, so like some of these smaller palm stones, I have like the bigger palm stone for me, which is a labradorite. Um, I got these off of like a place on Etsy that I appreciate. Um, and there's, you know, like all the different types, like I have a pyrite cluster, which is kind of cool. It's like, literally, it looks like a fidget to me, but I have it all the time. I love it. And I just like, I just move it around all the time. And it's like, it's like the sensory component. Cause like this one has like multiple edges. It's like a weird shape and it's also smooth on those edges. So it, to me, it feels like a fidget and I'm just like messing with it, but I also have an intention behind it. Right. So it's, you know, it's, it's really about intention and it's about your energy as well. But again, they're also, I mean, rocks are pretty anyways. So if my rocks aren't magical and they're just pretty, that's cool. I have a collection of pretty rocks, right. You know, whatever. Um, 
but I did collect rocks as a kid, which I find interesting. I would be drawn to different things. And now I'm like, oh, look at that spirituality foreshadowing. But um, <laughs> it's, it's really interesting. It really is. I don't know if you know this, but when you're meditating or when you're like wearing um, jewelry that's crystals, if you're like holding anything in your left hand, you're receiving the energy and mm-hmm. it's coming. But if it's like in your right hand, you're giving it out. Mm-hmm. to people and yes. I know a lot of people don't know that but yeah and well and I've also heard is it also is it like dominant versus non-dominant hand or is it just always left and right universally it's it's universally left and right okay okay yeah I've heard a couple things and sure. like when you when you're meditating um if you're like holding something and that's like in that space that's where you really want to get that energy like yeah. definitely your left hand Another thing I feel like to touch on is um, using crystals like for your like chakras. If you have blockages, especially people who have experienced sexual abuse, um, your root chakra is probably pretty blocked, your sacral chakra. Um, So you can literally meditate and place. This sounds like really weird. I did it one time and it. it, It's cool. It's super cool. It it was insane. I literally like. We're losing some people, but I'm excited. (laughs) I, I set a crystal like on my pelvis and it was, um, I think it was actually red tiger's eye. Um, and I meditated, um, and it was a very, very, it was a meditation with a lot of intent. It was a guided meditation for your root chakra for sexual trauma. Mm -hmm. So I sat there and I did it and it was so emotional and I felt like I had a relief of hip pain afterwards. My hip pain. Wow. Yeah, it was a very powerful experience. And I'm like getting brought back to it now. I'm like, I should do that again. (laughs) Yeah, that's such, oh, I love that. I love that so much. I have had experiences myself. Like I, um, for me, throat chakra and heart chakra have been heavily impacted um, a lot of, cause I was silenced for a long time. Right. Like that was my big thing. And it's funny. Cause I was just talking to someone else that now it's funny. Cause I have thyroid issues and my throat chakra was always my issue. Yeah. Um, interesting. Um, but anyways, so I would do meditations focused on that. Um, and so I did, when I got the blue lace agate, that's something that I did. Um, and then I forget what I used for my heart chakra. I would go through different things and I would look them up. Um, I used, if I remember correctly, I used like a fluorite, um, amethyst combo. Actually, this one right here. It's also one of my early on ones. It's a good combo. It's cool. Um, and I did that. Fluorite. Is it all fluorite? Yeah, that's all fluorite. Yeah. Fluorite comes like every single color you can imagine across the rainbow. So that's rainbow. Oh, okay, cool. It's a cute. Thank you. That was another Sedona thing. Um, you know, so it just, it kind of, it, it depends. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I get there, you can deep dive so much more into crystals and that kind of thing. But I think in terms of like, for people who've experienced trauma, I feel like that's a, a really good summary. Um, and there's like also like books and things like that. You can look into like, you know, little pocket guides, um, do you have any like of the pocket guides that you recommend for anyone who's newer to understanding like what the different crystals are and what they mean? Um, I would say the crystal Bible. Okay. The crystal Bible is like the number one. It, it has literally everything you could need to know in there. Everything is in there. 
teaches yeah. you how to program them, set your intentions, the different shapes, the crystals themselves. It has everything in it. That's cool. And, and I'm, sh- that's on Amazon. I'm sure very easily. Oh yeah. Um, and yeah, there's all kinds of stuff like that, but yeah, some of, you know, and again, check the reference, check the reviews, all of that stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that it's such a powerful tool. And if you are interested in connecting, definitely do that. Um, do you have anything else for us that you want to touch on with this or anything? Um, I guess just that, like, I don't know. I feel like I just wanted to share that, like, and you were telling me this, um, previously that the hardest part of this journey is like connecting with yourself, Mm -hmm. but just that that's worth it. It is. It is. And again, this is just another tool to do that. Right. If you're drawn to it, maybe consider it. If you're like, absolutely not no way. And you can just feel your energy being like, nope, pushing you away from that. Maybe it's not for you and that's okay. Um, but the idea of this whole podcast is you can find what you're looking for. You can talk, you know, go through different people's stories, see what resonates, see what they're doing. And then you decide what's right for you because you have autonomy over yourself always. And it's important to nurture that relationship with yourself. You know, it's one of the hardest things, the hardest relationships you'll ever have, but also the most rewarding. So yeah, love it. Love it. Oh, oh my goodness. Thank you so much for coming. Um, so your Instagram handle, we'll put everything. It's love and then N luster, like just the, the letter N. Um, yeah. and yeah, if they want to connect with you there, um, if there's anything else I'm missing, let me know if you have any questions, like I said, go check it out. If you ever have, I want to talk spirituality. If anyone wants to do like a meet and greet, like zoom meetup. And we can all talk about like crystals. Yes. <laughs> I would be down. Um, I will host it. Are you guys can host it? I don't care. Um, that could be super fun. So hopefully this hits the right audience and yeah, just thank you all for coming. Thank you for listening with an open mind and we'll see you next time. Happy birthday too. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Bye everyone. Did you like what you heard? Spread the word. Thank you so much for listening. Feel free to share, like, comment, write a review. Connect with us deeper on Instagram at SOS with Dr. Taylor. And all services are on my website at survivorsovercomingsilence.com. I am just so thrilled and honored to hold this space with you all. And thank you so much for listening. Mm-hmm.